two minutes, but you can go. Good morning. Yes, I want to wish everyone a happy Mother's Day today. And um, thank you for being here. And this is our first Sunday that we have our ministers, our pastors, um, Reverend Mike and Reverend Nancy Krems that are here with us and they will be here every Sunday, God willing. So we are very thrilled to have them on this special day. And um, just a couple things going on. Um, since we can't really have a dinner to welcome them properly and such at this time, we do have a welcome basket here for you. Nancy and Mike over there. There's all sorts of things in it from Norwich, about Norwich, some not Norwich, but close by. And we want you to um, enjoy that. It's from our church. So welcome to, to you. And let me see the, oops. Yes. And we would like to, um, any announcements that we might have today? Good, good. So nice. Yes. Any other announcements? Yes, Audrey. Nice. Cal? There's a board meeting tomorrow night at 6 o'clock in the fellowship hall. Okay. Thank you. Yes? A Bible study. Bible study is starting this week, May 12th. Wednesday, is it? Yes. May 12th at 3 p.m. Bible study. And how about how long? An hour? Or so? yeah. About an hour. So if we can give up an hour of our time, we've been asking for a Bible study, and now we've got one. So thank you. Um, any other announcements that anyone might have? Okay. Let's go to our bulletins. And there is a special uh, responsive reading 
that I got from um, our Reverend Jared Huguenot, who is our ABC NYS New York State Regional Minister. I hope I have that right. So we want to welcome them. Okay, so if you follow after me. Pastors Nancy and Mike, with appreciation for your ministry, we pray for you guidance. For the paths, your feet daily. We pray for you wisdom. For the counsel you are asked to give. We pray for you compassion. We pray for you strength. To stand for what is true and right. We pray for you courage. To press on even when things seem routine. We pray for you perseverance. To follow the desires God has placed in your heart even when you doubt. We give you support. For your leadership. We give you appreciation. For your calling and your gifts. We give you thanks. For your calling and your gifts. God, God bless, bless you, you Pastor, Pastor Nancy, Nancy and Pastor, Pastor Mike. Okay, our first um, chorus today is Here I Am to Worship. Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see. Here I am. 
Join now in the call to worship. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are Let us now join in the unison for the invocation. To our Lord Most High, you are a great God and perfect in all your ways. Thank you for how you have worked in our lives and continue to work in our lives to your glory. We come humbly into your presence and are grateful for your Holy Spirit with us. For you have said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words which I command you this day shall be upon your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk to them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. Amen. Um, my husband and I are going to mix it up a little bit in the coming weeks just to see how comfortable we feel with uh, sharing the service. So I'd like to invite him to come up now and um, do the joys and concerns. 
Good morning. Uh, it's nice to be here with you all, and uh, we're very blessed by a beautiful day this morning. And um, as far as uh, sort of, I, I want to echo too, uh, the happy Mother's Day congratulations to you. Uh, we have six children, and um, we still have one of them uh, at home with us, although she's uh, with um, visiting her boyfriend this weekend. Um, so I thank God uh, for all of your mothers and mothers-to-be out there, uh, and those that have gone on. Uh, my mom has passed, uh, Nancy's mom has passed, and uh, I'm sure some of you too have loved ones that uh, have gone on as well. Uh, for our times of, of joy and concerns, uh, what else is it that uh, the Lord is laying upon your heart to share this morning, whether it be a joy or a concern? Yes. Thank you. And your mom's name? Joanne. Joanne. Thank you. It's a comfort to be back in this church since my husband died on October 28th, but I, I'm very grateful to the Smiths, Sandy and Bob, for helping me out when I broke my arm and for being such wonderful friends. And I'm also very happy to see all the people that have come to this church. Thank you. I'm happy to be here with all my friends. <laughs> And uh, this fellowship, and uh, Nancy and Mike, uh, and to our fellowship. I'm also especially happy to have my brother Mark here from Connecticut. And I'm Welcome. very happy to have my mom with me uh, after many, 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 many birthdays. Um, and happy Mother's Day, Mom. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want to make it official for your leadership. In our memory leadership book over here, when you were here last time, I took your picture. You didn't even know it, probably. No. And I presented it into the book. Thank you. Yes, I forgot one other thing. In that box, it's not there yet, it's coming. Uh, most of us, we've made a, our own little photo directory for you without our mask. <laughs> Thank so, you. <laughs> that'll be here next week. Great. You, okay, and everyone else that wanted one. Okay, thank you. Looking forward to it, thank you.
special welcome to Linda and Marv Chase. It's so good to have our snowbirds back. <laughs> we love you guys. Special thank you to Addie and to Nora for helping us with the microphone this morning. And also prayers for Frank Gray, who is undergoing some testing and is heading for surgery. that so well. Uh, let us pray, shall we? Uh, Father God, we thank you uh, for this day. For truly this is the day that you have made and uh, we rejoice in it. Uh, we thank you, Lord, that you have gathered us uh, together this morning on your Sabbath. And so we thank you, Lord, that uh, many of us uh, are returning uh, to church now. And uh, we thank you that uh, you've uh, made a way for us to be able to do that and to do it safely, uh, whether it be by sanitizing our hands or wearing masks uh, we just thank you that we're able to, uh, again, uh, be in uh, the house of the Lord and uh, to worship together. And we thank you for those who are returning from, whether it be uh, apart from us uh, for the winter uh, or those that have just been um, uh, cooped up because of COVID uh, or whatever the case may be, we thank you, Lord, for the fellowship that we have in and through your son, uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, we thank you for the banner uh, over us, uh, which is your love. And uh, so we, uh, we just pause uh, this morning, too, to uh, give thanks not only to you, but also uh, to uh, mothers, uh, both here and uh, those that uh, aren't able to be with us and those that have gone on before us. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for their, uh, for their love. We thank you, Lord, for how it is that uh, they gave birth uh, to each one of us. We thank you for how it is that uh, you've raised up mothers uh, to be a reflection of your love, of your compassion, uh, of your tender care for each one of us. And so, uh, Lord, we ask you, Lord, to uh, bless uh, those that are able to be with us today. And uh, we ask you, too, uh, to bless uh, those future moms. And uh, we pray, Lord, for uh, godly uh, men that you're raising up, uh, for uh, the, the young women and the children among us. And uh, we pray for some of our children that uh, have yet to meet their, uh, the spouse that you have uh, chosen for them. And uh, we pray, Lord, that you would raise up uh, godly uh, men and women as spouses for our children. And uh, we thank you, Lord, uh, for uh, 
who you are and how it is that you desire uh, to uh, bless your children with good and precious gifts from above. And so this morning we uh, lift up those uh, concerns that have been raised uh, for those that have, been, that have passed on. We ask you for your tender comfort uh, to be with uh, those who uh, are struggling uh, with the passing of a loved one. And uh, we ask for your tender care and your loving embrace uh, to be with each of them. Uh, we pray for those, too, who are in the nursing homes. Uh, we ask, Lord, that you would uh, uh, help us to remember them, uh, whether it be by uh, a letter or whether it, uh, a visit, uh, as that becomes uh, possible. And uh, we thank you, too, Lord, uh, for those that um, are just uh, need a touch from you this morning uh, from the Lord uh, with respect to uh, some physical ailment that they're going through. Um, we pray for, the, uh, for Frank Gray. We ask, Lord, that you be with him and uh, the pending surgery. And uh, we pray for others this morning that uh, uh, just uh, need a touch uh, from the great physician. And uh, we know that your touch is healing. And uh, we know too, Lord, that uh, you are there uh, to come alongside as the comforter uh, to those uh, who are in need. Uh, Lord, I'm in need. We're all in need uh, for a special uh, touch from the Lord that your Holy Spirit uh, desires to come alongside of each one of us just to let us know that we're not alone and whatever it is that we're walking through, uh, that you are there with us and that you encourage us and that you uh, speak strength and uh, also that you are the Prince of Peace and that you bless us with your uh, peaceful presence and that you speak peace into the storms of any, uh, of any situations that we may be going through uh, that... Uh, need the calming presence of Jesus Christ himself. And so we thank you, Lord, uh, for what it is. Uh, we thank you that Nancy and I are able to be here this morning. Uh, we thank you that uh, the church, uh, following the guidance of the Holy Spirit, has called uh, Nancy and I as, as your pastors. And uh, we thank you, too, for the blessing that uh, you shared over us this morning as the congregation prayed for us. And we continue to... Uh, ask you to pray for your for your pastors uh, for Nancy and I that uh, we need uh, we need your help we need the help of the Lord uh, to stay on course and so uh, we thank you and and uh, praise the name of Jesus Christ help us now as we uh, pray uh, the prayer that you have taught us to pray our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
uh, for the children's sermon. Uh, I had to think, of course, of some things that uh, my mom uh, made sure uh, I was one of, uh, well, I am one of, uh, of, of three uh, brothers. Uh, one has uh, passed on to, to be with the Lord. I have another brother who lives in uh, Naples, Florida. Uh, so I don't see too much of him, but um, we try to uh, speak anyway from time to time, uh, usually on a weekly basis. Uh, but when I think of my mother, uh, there was something, as I, I thought this morning, uh, one of the things that uh, she taught me to use uh, was um, this thing. Okay? Um, what, what would that be? Yeah, it's a toothbrush. <laughs> she taught me to wear... To, to, to use the toothbrush, and she always uh, made sure that I uh, had clean underwear. <laughs> and so these, these are some things that our mothers uh, tend to uh, teach us, and, uh, uh, and uh, perhaps there's some things too that your mom uh, taught you, uh, anything that comes to mind that your mother taught you or is teaching you. To believe. Yeah, there you go. Passing on the mother's faith to her children, that is key. Anything else? Anyone else? That your mother taught you? Right from wrong. That's a good upbringing. Anything else? Okay, I heard how to get along with others. Uh, that's important. And did I hear something over here? Caring for, Caring for others. So we have a lot of examples here of things. Anyone else? Nutrition. Nutrition. <laughs> yes. That, that's a key one. Because <laughs> left on our own, we uh, tend to do uh, fast food. <laughs> uh, so, no, that, that's important. That's important. And I think that's, that's important, too, when it comes to the Lord. Uh, what, is, what is it that you and I are uh, taking into our bodies? Not only uh, nutritionally, uh, of course I'm brushing my teeth to take care of my teeth, uh, but I'm also uh, thinking too of the things that we do spiritually. What is it that you're taking in uh, and what is it that you're leaving out uh, to uh, grow up in the Lord uh, Jesus Christ? Uh, there's a proverb, isn't there? Uh, train up a child in the way that she sh he should go, he or she should go. And, and when they are old, they, they should not depart from it. They should not depart from it. So uh, what we're learning today, I'm still learning. <laughs> I'm a child of God. Uh, our children are learning. Uh, we're all learning from day to day. And this is the beauty that, uh, that the Lord uh, gives us a lot of patience uh, when it comes to uh, growing up in the Lord. And I'm sure your mom, <laughs> my mom was very patient with me, and she needed to be, because uh, I tended to uh, be uh, um, uh, a rascal, okay? <laughs> so, but uh, if the truth be made known, okay? Uh, so I, I think this is something else that I think our, our mothers and the Lord has a lot of patience, and moms sure need it. 
is, is having patience with their children as the good Lord has patience with us. So uh, let's thank God for that. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for your patience. You, you are the one who is long-suffering, and you continue to uh, just pour out your patience upon us, Lord, uh, because uh, we uh, tend to be wayward, and we need your forgiveness, uh, we need your love, and of course we need your patience. And we ask for all these things, and, and thank you for all these things, and, and especially our moms, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. stand for the um, hymn, A Wonderful Savior is Jesus My Lord. Feel free to follow along with me from 1 Samuel chapter 2, uh, verses 1 through 11. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart exalts in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. There is none holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you. There is no rock like our God. Talk no more so very proudly. 
Let not arrogance come from your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty are broken, but the feeble bind on strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who were hungry have ceased to hunger. The barren has borne seven, but she who has many children is forlorn. The Lord kills and brings to life. He brings down to Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and he exalts. He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and on them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his faithful ones, but the wicked shall be cut off in darkness. For not by might shall a man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Against them he will thunder in heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Then Elkanah went home to Ramah, and the boy was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli the priest. The word of the Lord. Again, thank you for such a gracious welcome. It's really a pleasure to be here. This prayer song that I shared with you this morning is from the Old Testament and is often um, compared to the Magnificat found in the first chapter of the Gospel of Luke just before the birth narratives which which we are all familiar. It is known as Mary's prayer song to God after she learns she is to carry and give birth to the Christ. Let me just for comparison's sake, share that with you now. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel remembering to be merciful to Abraham and to his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. Both prayers or songs contain these three elements. Number one, that God values humility and imposes the prideful. 
Number two, God is at work in people, even the midst of chaos. And number three, a king will be anointed and strengthened by the work of God. We are all familiar with Mary's story, but what exactly is Hannah's? Hannah and her husband, Elkanah, are from the tribe of Ephraim, one of the 12 tribes of Israel from the time of the judges period in the Old Testament, the time between when Israel escaped Egypt and came to the promised land, and a time when the monarchy was established under Saul. The setting of Hannah's story is towards the end of this judges period because it will be her son Samuel who will anoint Israel's first king, Saul, and then later he will anoint King David. But Hannah was not always so fortunate. When we, are, when we first meet her in the first book of Samuel, chapter 1, she is competing with Elkanah's other wife, Peniah, who has children, and Hannah does not. She appears to be Elkanah's favorite because he asks her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? He gives her a double portion when the family goes up to Shiloh to celebrate and sacrifice at God's tabernacle. But this only provokes her rival, Peniah, to tease her more. This went on for a long time, especially during the journey to Shiloh when the family was together. So Hannah finally goes to the tabernacle after dinner and weeps and says a vow. O Lord Almighty, if you will give, will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of my life. Her countenance was such that Eli, the priest, thought she was drunk and said to her, how long will you keep on getting drunk? Get rid of your wine. During the time of the judges, even the behavior of some of the priests was poor. So Eli might have expected anything at the door of the temple. Not so, my Lord. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was passing out, I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. Hannah replied, May your servant find favor in your eyes. And then she went away and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. She goes on in the biblical story to conceive and give birth to Samuel. Because I asked the Lord for him was the definition of his name.
So she takes the child after he is weaned to Eli the priest at Shiloh, and there with a lavish sacrifice of a young bull, flour, and wine, they dedicate Samuel to God. Samuel turns out to be a good priest, a good judge. He recognizes sin when he saw it and helped transition Israel from a theocracy to a monarchy. Certainly, a young unmarried Mary was not coping with barrenness as Hannah was, but Hannah's countenance changes drastically after speaking with Eli, just as Mary's countenance did after hearing from the angel Gabriel in the Gospel of Luke. The poor and the oppressed, the humble, will see God for he values them. God will intervene among the chaos in our lives. Additionally, God is present to Hannah in the midst of her struggle. Into a corrupt Old Testament world, God will enter and bring control as he did in Mary's time and as he does in ours. And thirdly, just as Samuel will grow to anoint Saul and eventually David, Christ will be anointed for all time as Mary confidently speaks of the future. I want to stop here and present to you two new thoughts as I read this scripture. And I want to point out, number one, the rivalry between Hannah and Peniah reflected here in the scripture. And I believed it reflected the uh, conflict or the rivalry between the 12 tribes of Israel and their pagan neighbors. True, neither society was probably barren in the time of the judges, but surely there was a spiritual barrenness in the pagan cultures that surrounded the tribes of Israel. And much of the tribes bought into that paganism that surrounded them. For in Judges 17.6, it says, In those days, Israel had no king. Everyone did as he saw fit. Today, we have the same challenges when we live in a relativistic and self-serving culture. Society has many rewards to offer those who compromise their faith. When God gives us a mission, it must not be polluted by a desire for approval. We must keep our eyes on Christ. We can expect decay when we value anything more highly than God. If we value our own independence, like the 12 tribes of Israel did, more than we value our dedication to God, we are in trouble. We must constantly monitor God's first claim in our lives. God may use defeat to bring wandering hearts back to him. Modern idolatry is as prevalent today as it was 
to the tribes of Israel during the time of judges, or for that matter, any generation, whether it was Hannah's, whether it was Mary's, whether it was ours. Each generation faces the challenge of sin. Sin was and is available to every generation, but the Holy Spirit can help us all reverse sin's direction. That was point number one. Now that I got the hellfire and brimstone out of the way, (laughs) I'd like to share point number two. My second point um, regards a very unique translation of um, the verses found at the end of the first chapter, just before this song. And um, I want to share it with you. When Hannah brings Samuel to the temple to to be dedicated, she says in verse 27, I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord, for his whole life will be given over to the Lord. This is at the end of the first chapter, just before the song that Hannah, that I shared with you that was Hannah's in the bulletin. Well, there's another translation. It's called uh, the King James Version. And they use a different verb here, and I'm, I gotta <coughs> stop here because um, this is kind of reflective of the way I preach. You're probably gonna see a lot of this from me but I have to give the background of this. I didn't study a lot of uh, the ancient languages when I was in school, but I did get drawn to always running to the King James Version. I used to witness at the um, Broome County Jail with a girlfriend, and sometimes you have to wait in the waiting room for some time before the COs will come out and let you in. And we were sitting around the waiting room to go into the jail, and um, someone came up to us. It was a young fellow. And he just insisted that, I, that we preach to the inmates out of the King James Version of the Bible. And he went on and on about it being the only translation and that every other translation was an aberration. And then he began to list off all these examples. And being an English major, I was, you know, all caught up in it. And they were wonderful examples. I wish I had taken notes. So now, whenever I take the time to interpret scripture, I always run to the King James Version um, to see what it has to say. Therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord, Hannah says, As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. I look at this and I say to myself, Lent seems like an odd verb to use. Lent means to borrow, to lend. Like Hannah just was going to give Samuel over for a time. Maybe like a library book or a car rental and she was going to get him back. 
as though Hannah would receive Samuel back, that he was presenting him for only a time and expected a return. But history does not bear that out. Samuel goes to live at the temple with Eli, and there Eli mentors Sam, Samuel. And Hannah, Hannah is never heard from again. It is a permanent separation. So why do they use Lent instead of given over or belonging to? That Hannah gave a piece of herself at the temple is what bears itself out instead. Just as Mary did, as many of us do as parents, their stories illustrate that even in our happiest moments, there is an element of grief, an element of anguish. No, Samuel will not be returned, but a part of Hannah will go on with him. They celebrated giving away their son with a feast for this was an important time. And grief appears even in our happiest moments, sorrow in the midst of our plenty. So I want to touch on that for you this morning. My husband always likes examples. <laughs> so I've been mulling over this example. And I want to share that with you this morning. Um, and I share this uh, confidentially. Uh, we are considering and moving forward um, with selling the chiropractic practice. And I want to say to you this morning that um, when we sign on the dotted line, I don't know whether it'll be sooner or later, I'm going to be one happy camper. <laughs> but I realize that even in the midst of my happiness, there's a lot of part that will go with us. And I understand my husband's reticence. Um, you know, whether it's a new job, a new position, a new home, a new community, you know, when you step into something new, you're excited and you're happy. But you also realize that there's a grieving that has to go on um, from where you left. Um, I mean, think of birthdays. We, who doesn't like birthdays? But as we all approach the later years, there's sort of an angst that accompanies those birthdays. Or whether it be birthdays, retirements, um, your birth of your kids, um, Certainly the happiest time in my life, uh, besides the birth of my kids, was probably uh, when my husband proposed to me. Um, but I remember feeling an incredible uh, emotion at one point of grief. Uh, grief I didn't really experience until my father died about 10 years later. Um, You know, in the love songs, some of the gutsiest love songs, they're always talking about grief. Um, in the midst of love, they're talking about grief. That's even before they split up. Um, so there's this combination, this tension of happiness and mourning. 
for some of you younger folks, I think of, um, like, do you remember the first time you went away from home? Um, you went to camp or you went to see a relative and you, you were excited and anticipated. You were very happy to be there. I remember the first time uh, I had been to camp before uh, several times in Maine. Um, and, um, you know, was no adjustment whatsoever. But I went to camp in um, Connecticut a few years later, and I was sitting around with all my new friends talking about everything we had learned that day. And I had a great roommate and everything, and I was chatting, as young girls do. And all of a sudden, I just felt this overwhelming sense of grief and started to cry, so I excused myself and left the dinner table. My roommate came after me and said, what's wrong? And I, I really didn't know what was wrong. But I was just adjusting to a new life apart from my home life. That our happiest moments have an element of grief. That our happiest moments have an element of angst. Surely, when Thomas Jefferson says, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, why doesn't he say the satisfaction of happiness? As though there is a missing element. In our happiness. It's almost like we need to first, before we move in, move forward, we need to grieve the past. So when you share your faith with others, I think it's important you remember this aspect of um, our emotional setup and that there is only one person who fills in that grief quotient. As Paul says in Philippians, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Who fills up Hannah's barrenness? Who fills up Mary's doubts? Who fills up our barrenness, our doubts, our grief, our angst? But Jesus Christ. He's the only one that fills our barrenness, that vacancy that we all hold in our hearts. In Jesus' name, let us pray. Father God, we just thank you for this opportunity to worship together this morning. We thank you for your word and all its translations. We thank you for your Holy Spirit's presence in our lives that strengthens us and encourages us even in the midst of our brokenness and our barrenness. We give all these things to you, our Savior. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> I believe we are going to sing a hymn. We are. Take the name of Jesus with you. Mm -hmm. 